to Rising Above with Becky Davidson. Hear me clearly, there is no yet. I said, we have been married for 25 years. We have been through more than most couples will face in a lifetime. I said, we are committed to each other. And I said, neither one of us is going anywhere. I said, there is no yet. Welcome to Rising Above with Becky Davidson, where we hear from special needs families who rise above difficult circumstances and discover that joy can be found in every story. Thank you for joining us. Here's your host, Becky Davidson. Hello, friends, and happy Valentine's Day. We have a special episode for you today as we're going to be sharing a message that I gave at the 2019 Rising Above Together Marriage Conference called There Is No Yet. This story is so near and dear to my heart, and it shares part of my marriage journey with my late husband, Jeff. Jeff and I were so blessed to be married for 26 years before he passed away in May of 2017, and we went through more trials and hardships than most people can imagine. But those trials thankfully brought us closer together instead of tearing us apart. And before we get into this week's episode, I want to take a minute to talk to all of the single parents who are listening today. You know, although this episode is geared more towards married couples, I want you to know that you are seen and you are loved and you are valued. I've been a single parent for close to six years now, and it has been so challenging and so difficult on so many levels. I know how lonely and isolating this life can be as a single parent while caring for a child with disabilities. And I know that on holidays, especially holidays like Valentine's Day, that it can make our hearts ache. So I want you to know that all of us here at Rising Above are cheering you on. We see you, we love you, and God loves you too. Now, I'll be back at the end of this week's episode with a few closing thoughts, but I hope that you enjoy There Is No Yet. Well, it was a beautiful spring day in May of 1991 as I walked down the aisle on my dad's arm to see my Jeff at the end of the aisle. And we had met one year earlier and had, I I won't say love at first sight, but we knew right away that we were meant to be together. We started dating in July and by October, just in three months, we were already engaged. And before we even knew each other a year, we were standing there at the altar in a room full of hundreds of family members and friends saying our vows where we promised to God and to each other that from that day forward, for better or worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health, that we would love and cherish each other until we were parted by death. And at 23 and 24 years old, we had no clue how those vows were going to be tested over our 26 years of marriage. Had no idea. You know, when we were dating and first got married, we had these dreams and visions of what we thought our life was going to look like. 
And we thought, okay, Jeff is gonna be the successful businessman. He is gonna work in the corporate world and just do great and excel at his job. And I'm gonna teach school until we're ready to start our family. And when we start having our kids, man, we're gonna just go on these fabulous vacations as a family and live the dream. And our kids are gonna just excel at everything that they do. Well, those first seven years of marriage pretty much went according to our plan. You know, we had a few bumps in the road, just like any married couple does, is they're learning to navigate living with someone and learning how to do life together. But we, we did really okay during those first seven years. And then we decided, okay, it's, I'm gonna quit school and we're going, I'm gonna quit teaching school and we're gonna start our family. And so we got pregnant with our first child and we were ecstatic. And shortly in, into that pregnancy, we had a traumatic miscarriage and we lost that baby. And that at the time was one of the hardest things I'd ever gone through in my life because we so wanted a child. Well, within a, a few months later, we discovered that I was pregnant again. And we were so excited that we were expecting again, but we would say we are cautiously optimistic that everything's gonna go okay. So we kind of kept it quiet and didn't really tell people until I was much further along. And our son was born a year to the day, to the hour, that we were in the hospital with our miscarriage. Our sweet John Alex came into the world, and it happens to be 22 years ago today. 22 years ago tonight, I was in Nashville giving birth to our sweet son, John Alex. And we thought our world had just Everything had collided just as it was supposed to be because we had our son and he was perfect. He was a 9.9 APGAR. There was no problems in pregnancy or delivery and we thought, we've got our perfect little family now. Everything's great. We traveled along those first few months and everything seemed to be okay. But then we started realizing, you know, he's just not meeting milestones. He's not doing things that our beloved books, baby books, told us that he was supposed to be able to do. And every month, Jeff and I would look at each other and we'd go, okay, next month, next month, he'll be able to do it. Well, the next month would come and the next month would go and he still wouldn't be able to do those things. And we discovered around his first birthday that our son was gonna live his life with profound special needs, requiring 24-7 care the rest of his life. And our world was rocked upside down. Everything that, all of our plans and all the things that we wanted, all the things that, we, the way that we thought our life was gonna look, we were realizing that's not how it's gonna be. And we were devastated. And I would love to say that in those first few years, we just, we came to, you know, we just did great and we just accepted it, but we didn't. And we fought against acknowledging that this is what our life was gonna look like. And we fought with each other because I being the mom, I did what most moms do. I threw myself into research. That's what most of us moms do. You get a diagnosis, you throw yourself into that research. I would stay up at night, just like I know a lot of you do, looking at websites and trying to find any kind of information that I could, any doctor who might be able to help us. And so I'd always come in and go, okay, I found this treatment, let's look at this. And, and all this constant trying to find solutions to help John Alex. Well, Jeff did what most typical men do. And he couldn't fix our son. So he threw himself into what he was really good at and that was his job. He was great at his job and he excelled at his job, but he could not fix our son. So he threw himself into his work. 
and he would work all day. And then at night, he had an office in our home, the basement, and he would go downstairs and continue to work at night while I was getting John Alex ready for bed. And there were many nights I would call downstairs saying, hey, uh, Jeff, I'm getting ready to put John Alex in bed. Would you like to come up and tell your son good night? And that went on for the first couple of years, several years. But then we finally came to this place of acceptance, of where we finally came and we said, okay, God, we can see now that this is your good and perfect plan for our family. This is not what we dreamed of. This is not what we would have chosen for our family, but this is what you have designed for us. And once we got to that place, once we could give up our dreams of what we thought our life should look like and accept and rally around what God had for us, man, it was life-changing for us. And we were able to just take this deep breath and come to this place of, you know, it is well with my soul. That's not to say that we didn't have bumps and bruises along the way. Every time there'd be a new milestone come up, like John Alex turning 16, and he couldn't drive a car. All those things, that, that grief cycle would start all over again. But we learned how to navigate them together. And we learned, we set some things up in our marriage to help us to realize that, that we're gonna do this together. That we're not gonna fight with each other, that we're going to stick together. We are a team, we would say, we are the Davidsons. We are Team Davidson and we're gonna stick together. It was beautiful to see Jeff come to this place of learning to be the spiritual leader of our home, realizing that that was his role. He had such an important role to lead our family. And I would see him night after night after night. He would wake up in the night and he would go over to a chair in the corner of our room and I'd wake up and I'd see him and he was over there praying for our family and praying for Rising Above and praying for other special needs families and to see the shift in him that he chose to make over those years to rise up and be the dad that God called him to be was such a beautiful thing. But about 11 years ago, our world took another dramatic turn when Jeff started experiencing very significant health issues. And we spent years and years of him being in and out of the hospital multiple times. I couldn't even tell you how many times having surgery upon surgery. Um, I lost count, literally, of the number of times that he coded and had to be put on the ventilator. You know, you'd, you'd get the phone call from a doctor saying, you need to get back up to the hospital because we don't know if he's going to live or die. And that happened multiple times. And there was a time back in 2016, we had had our, we'd been in and out of the hospital. We were in our fourth hospital stay in three months. And we're there, and he had had surgery, and it was about time for us to come home. So, you know, you think about that. All that's going on, and, and, and when Jeff's in the hospital, I have John Alex still. You know, I have a child with profound special needs, and so I'm juggling, how do I care for John Alex? How do I take care of Jeff? And feeling this pull of needing to be two places at one time, and I can't. But at this one particular stay, go home, and the social worker comes in, and she says, Mr. Davidson, we just want to make sure that you have everything ready at home before you go home. You have things in place for when you get home. You know, we wanted to make sure we had a ramp for him to be able to get in the house. And I said, well, we're a special needs family. We, we've got everything that we need. We're good to go. 
And then she said, well, Mr. Davidson, who will be taking care of you once you go home? And I just spoke up. I said, well, I will. I said, we've been married 25 years at that point. I said, I'm not going anywhere. And she looked at me with this kind of snarky look on her face and said, well, yet. And I looked at her and I said, there is no yet. I said, hear me clearly, there is no yet. I said, we have been married for 25 years. We have been through more than most couples will face in a lifetime. I said, we are committed to each other. And I said, neither one of us is going anywhere. I said, there is no yet. And that became our mantra from then on. When Jeff would be in the hospital or would be struggling um, with just how much work it was on me, taking care of him, taking care of John Alex, I just look and go, there is no yet. You're not getting rid of me. There is no yet. We're in this for the long haul. We made those vows all those years ago, standing in front of God, standing in front of each other, where we committed to each other, that through whatever, there is no yet. And I would tell him, you know what? If it were me laying in this hospital bed, you would be doing the same thing for me. Well, about a year later, it was Mother's Day of 2017. Our son, John Alex, got sick. He had the flu. He started having crazy seizures like he's never had before. Scariest thing I've ever experienced in my life, watching my son having seizures. We end up having to call 911, have an ambulance come. Jeff is at that point in his life hooked. He's having to do nighttime dialysis at night because his kidneys no longer work. So he's in our bedroom hooked up to a dialysis machine. I'm waiting for paramedics to come in to help us with our child who is seizing. And I felt like my world was falling apart at that point. Well, we ended up going to Nashville, to Vanderbilt. John Alex gets admitted. Jeff's parents, thankfully, were here where they were able to come in and take care of Jeff. So Jeff's parents are here with him. I'm in Nashville with John Alex. And that following Wednesday... Jeff ended up having a doctor's appointment in Nashville. So his dad brought him to the doctor's appointment. And I get a phone call from Jeff, and I'm thinking he's just to tell me how the appointment went. But he said, well, you're not going to believe this. But the doctor is sending me to the hospital. I'm being admitted. I'm having surgery tomorrow. So he goes into the hospital. Um, I'm with John Alex. Jeff's family's helping take care of Jeff. And in the surgery, um, right, I thought the surgery was going. I get a call from the doctor, and I thought he was calling to give me an update because I couldn't be there. And he, he says, I, I hear that you're kind of having a hard week right now because I know your son's in the hospital. And I said, I said, yeah, we are. And he said, well, it's about to get a lot worse. He said, your husband is just coded. We're trying to bring him back, and I don't know if we can. Well, they were able to bring him back. And he spent the next few days off a ventilator, on a ventilator. We didn't know from day to day. He had, a, he had one day he was back and doing and having conversations with people, but then the next day he crashed again and was back on the ventilator. All the while, my son is still so sick, and he's in the hospital. And on Tuesday, May 23rd, I was with John Alex while the doctors came for rounds, and after the doctors came to fill us in on what was going on with John Alex, I drove across town to Centennial to be with Jeff. 
And when I got there, his mom was there, and she said, hey, they took him off the ventilator, and he knew who I was. And they, they said he looked at it, the nurse said, hey, who is that? And he said, that's my mama. And he knew who she was, but by the time I got there, there'd been a shift, and something had happened. And he knew I was there, but he couldn't acknowledge me. He, couldn't, he, just, he tried to smile, but couldn't. We're sitting there with his mom, and, and we're thinking, you know, Jeff always pulls out. For anybody who knew Jeff, he was come so close to death so many times, but he always came back. He always pulled out. And so we just thought, okay, we're going we're gonna to turn this corner again. He's going to come back. So we're sitting there, and all of a sudden, the alarms start sounding. The crash team comes rushing in. And he's coding again. And they were able to bring him back. But the doctor came in and they said, he said, we've got to have a tough conversation. He said, there's really nothing else that we can do. And based on this test that we just did, it's going to be soon. So I went over to Jeff. And I held that same hand that I held 26 years earlier. We had just celebrated our 26th anniversary just a few days before he was in the hospital. And I held that hand, and I just told him, I said, Jeff, you are the best husband a wife could ever ask for. You were the best dad to John Alex that I could ever imagine. And I told him, I said, Jeff, you know what? The thing that, that he was so concerned about was he wanted to live one more day beyond our son. Because those of you as special needs parents, you know you, you want to be here to take care of your children. And that's all he wanted. He wanted to be here one more day, longer than John Alex, to take care of John Alex. So I just told him, I said, Jeff, it's okay. It's okay. You can go. We're going to be okay. And the very last thing I told him, after I told him I loved him, I said, Jeff, there was no yet. There was no yet. We were committed to each other, and there was no yet, and I will see you soon. And I got to be there, surrounded with his family. We surrounded him, friends surrounding us, as we watched him cross from this life to the next. You know, as a wife, you never think. You just don't ever think that's going to be part of your story. You never think that you're going to walk that walk and that you're going to be a, a, a solo parent raising your child with profound special needs. And for the past two and a half years, I have been raising John Alex by myself now as a solo parent. And it's the hardest thing I could ever imagine. I don't have my best friend to talk to at night. When I wake up at night and I'm scared about things, <clears throat> I don't have my confidant. I don't have the person who's helping me make decisions about, what, about John Alex's care. And I don't know where you are in your marriage today. I don't know if you came in here and you were just like, you know what, we're doing, we're doing, it's a little shot in the arm. Or I don't know if you're at the point of going, you know what, I don't know how much more I can take of this. And if things don't straighten up, I'm out of here. I don't know where you are. But I want to challenge you today that in your marriage, you determine to say there will be no yet in our marriage. There will be no yet. 
that come what may, whatever we face, we're going to face it together. And, you know, Jeff and I went through so much in our marriage and so many things that the enemy could have used to rip us apart. And early on, it did. But I will tell you, in those last years of my life being married to him, we were stronger and we were better and we were more committed to each other than we ever were because we chose to be. And when those hard things came, we said, no, we're going to do this together. So my challenge is take whatever it is that you're facing, all the things that you're going through right now, and just determine there will be no yet. There will be no yet. Friends, I know how challenging life can be as a married couple raising a child with disabilities. All the sleepless nights, the financial strains, the lack of time with each other, it can make us want to run away from our situation. But I want to encourage you to keep telling yourself there is no yet. Regardless of what comes your way, determine in your heart right now, today, that there will be no yet in your marriage, that you will work together to find ways to make it work. I know firsthand how hard and challenging it is, but the rewards that will come out of working together to find solutions are so worth it, and you will not regret it. And we here at Rising Above, we want to help you and support you in your marriage journey. So for the month of February, we are offering all of our marriage content to you for free. You can go to the Rising Above app or to the Rising Above website, and you will find devotionals that you can do together as a couple, and you can watch our previous Together Marriage Conferences. Again, all this is free for the month of February. So we hope and pray that you'll take advantage of these resources to help strengthen your marriages and determine in your heart that there is no yet. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Rising Above with Becky Davidson, created and produced by Rising Above Ministries. To learn more about us and our resources for special needs families, visit risingaboveministries.org or download our free app, If you've enjoyed listening and want to hear more, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and review. You can always share it to encourage a friend. And remember, joy can be found in every story.